This morning, we're talking to Kathleen Schaefer about leadership, direction, authentic self, and so much more. It's just a wonderful interview. You're on Earth Tribe Radio, www.earthtriberadio.com. Well, thank you, Kathleen. It's such an amazing model that you have. Could you take us through the model? Sure, absolutely. Well, there are seven steps in the model. Um, and, you know, generally, if I work with individuals, we go through this, um, you know, it takes about a year to go through this process. Um, you know, you can learn it in a day. It's just that the exploration and the implementation of this in one's life does take some time. And again, mm-hmm. it's a practice. And then it's something that you just continue to you know, repeat over and over again throughout life. So uh, as I mentioned in the last segment, the, the first step is understanding your authentic self. And again, it's this process of identifying talents, strengths, and skills. And I have a variety of tools to do that. I, I see them as all, uh, you know, different with some distinctions. Um, I won't go into all of it, but the key one that I would recommend that's good for listeners is, as I get at the talent, as we were talking about, too, is you know going back to that five-year-old self, because that's the true self. And... <clears throat> That the talent we have is the thing that we just, we love to do that is so easy for us that if I told you to stop doing it, you couldn't. Mm -hmm. So for me, that would be singing. Right. It's just so much a part of you. Uh It's your talent. And some people will say, well, a lot of people can be a singer. Mm-hmm. as an example. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's then, you know, how do you start to blend that with um, your strengths? You know, how with the kind of music you like, where you like to perform, how you like to perform it, you know, your skills. Are you doing this in, you know, concerts? Are you doing it solo? I mean, there's always, as all of this starts to come together, you really do get to the uniqueness of it. And, and maybe <clears throat> also my guess is that it changes as you get older, you know, I mean, as a as a twenty year old, I was in South Australian opera and the Australian opera, but then that was no longer really relevant when I had my daughter. So then you kind of morph, right? As you get as things change. Well, and I call it it's the expansion, right? It's because the core is is true. That's the true you. It's just that there are different ways that you start to express that mm. as you shift and change. And so that's the beauty of this is, is that there are parts of us that are real, that endure. And when we connect into that, we can find, that's where the strength comes from, is those enduring parts. You know, back to the, to the political realm, it, it's, if you think that, you know, you only have value as a singer when you're singing opera in a certain place, and then you stop singing opera, well, then you think you have no value. Mm-hmm. But if, the real you is the person who expresses beauty through song or music or however it is, then then that part doesn't change. But it can happen in a lot of different ways. I think this is so important, though, because so many people have uh, different talents and different experiences that they have been successful at, but then it either stops or it, they drop or it drops away, and then they think that it's lost. And what you said is very significant in that it, it, it does more for you said it better even than that um, that like with the singing for example if if I was not a, a singer in an opera company I might not think that that was relevant to me anymore but 
You want to just say it one more well, time? That you express your beauty through song, or you express mm-hmm. your voice, or your... I mean, so so that happens in a variety of different ways. You probably sung as a mother to your children. I mean, you know, I mean, that there's ways that this happens, and that's part of how we get disconnected from ourselves, mm-hmm. is we don't see all the different ways that we express it. So, going back to Peter Pan, when I said, that's who I want to be, and I was told at the same age, you can't, mm-hmm. And I figured out, yeah, I can. I'll just become an actress. Right. But I was never cast as Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I but think that's that the same sort of. I I had a passion to to. Well, but that's an archetypical. I mean, Peter Pan's a really interesting archetype, right? Because all the answers are archetypical at that stage. So, I mean, this is somebody who didn't want to grow up. This is somebody who lived in, you know, liked to live in the fantasy. This is somebody who... wanted to fly and rescue people and... Right. So, I mean, there's all of these things that start to get at who we are. And again, I mean, this is the beauty. There, There is no... When I talk about my model... It's not one of these things where there are exact answers. This isn't mathematics. This is there's a lot of art here, and that's the beauty of it is this exploration. And part of the way I design the models, again, you keep returning to it because our understanding of ourselves continues to grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. So thinking I wanted to be, you know, president even when I was young, or even as I got older and studied politics and think I want to run for office. I mean, those pieces are still there. I'm just expressing them in a different way because my understanding of them is different well, at this point. That's such an important thing for people to know that things do 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 expand, develop, and become. Right, but the true self is is still, still there. there, but it's how it gets you know expressed, and that's where people feel like they lose their powers because they step into the expression instead of into the self. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. if you think that the expression is the real you, I'm an opera singer, I'm an elected official, I'm a this, I'm a that, the roles, mm-hmm. then you've stepped outside of your power because that can be taken away. Yeah, because you've limited yourself instantly. That. Well, and that's ultimately what's wrong with politics, right? Is we have people who are defining themselves by virtue of their office Mm -hmm. instead of seeing that their true power is who they are regardless of being in office. Mm -hmm. One of the things I always say when students or others will come and say, I want to run for office, I'll say to them, why? Right? I mean, why? Because they see it as an end instead of as a means, and one of the big things I work with them on in, through this process of step two, which is desired contribution, which is if you really care about contributing something, being in office may help you do that or it may not. If you really care about the environment and want to see improvements and changes made to the environment, you don't have to be an elected official to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And arguably now there's a lot of other ways to have a positive impact without running for office. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of getting it in alignment there. So if somebody wanted to contact you to help them just sit there just a little bit stuck in their life, mm-hmm. would, would that be something that they could, would be really helpful for them to do the leadership program? Well, sure. I, you know, I, um, uh, two things. One, I wrote the books originally, you know, for people to be able to access this because um, I... Tell us the names of the books. The, so um, the first book was Living the Leadership Choice, mm-hmm. and the second book is Choose to Lead. Mm-hmm. And they're Thank both you. available on Amazon, and you, know, you can pick them up in <laughs> any format that you'd like. Um, so at any one time, I only work with about seven people mm-hmm. because um, it is... 
as in individuals, I have organizational clients as well and, and, and some of my other speaking and work. So, um, yes, I am available to help people make those transitions. Generally, those one-on-one clients are people who are interested in, in really shifting career life to have greater impact. Um, and I generally say these are people who have made it to the top of the ladder mm-hmm. and recognize that the ladder is against the wrong wall. Wow. Oh, wow. Great. <laughs> and so those oh, are the people. Can you who, imagine the heartbreak of that? Well, but this is most people in life, right? Oh. I, I now have a corner office. I'm now a partner in a law firm. I've, I, you know, I've made I've it to Capitol Hill. View. I've got a great view. And I'm miserable. <laughs> I'm miserable. Because this is not what I wanted to do. I'm not doing it in that way. So authentic self, desired contribution. I mean, most people really getting clear about what it is that they want to contribute. It's tough, tough, tough. And think about this, they're spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and they don't even know what they want to impact. They're just earning a paycheck, Mm -hmm. which we can get into systemic problems. So you have that. Then the the third one, which is focused on the individual, the third step is alignment of purpose. And that is where I say you've got to walk your talk. I mean, how many people say that, you know, they want the environment to be healthy, and yet they're not having good health practices themselves. So this is about how do you align to who you are and what you want to contribute physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Because if you aren't practicing, if you're not a a living, walking embodiment of what it is you want to contribute, how can you possibly do that? Absolutely. And this isn't about perfection. This is about being mindful of, wow, I want to contribute. How many people say they want to you know, see the world be different and they're running themselves ragged? Mm. So they have nothing to offer. Mm. They get caught in the... In the hamster wheel. Yeah, hamster wheel. <laughs> right. And, you know, this is, you know, President Obama talking about health and smoking cigarettes. Yes. Right? I mean, but these are the misalignments that make it difficult to have the impact because whether people are aware of them or not, we, we, we understand that they exist. Yeah. And we can talk about this with a lot of people. Anybody, you know, think about all of the people now who are getting caught up in all of the... Um, sexual misconduct. I mean, that's a fundamental misalignment that's going on with them, right? Emotionally, mentally, physically. You don't behave like that when you're aligned. Yes. Right? All these problems come off of that, you know, misalignment. So the first three, authentic self-desire, contribution, alignment, and purpose. That's the individual focus. Then we get to um, step four, which is the leadership skills, which I say they're really only three. You see list all the time, top 10, top 20, whatever. I think they're three. Yeah. If you can cultivate and master communication as a leader, right? All leadership is relationship. So understanding how to be an effective communicator, whether one-on-one, one-to-group, one-to-many, but that. Number two is the understanding of conscious choice. And, and that's a huge one. That's a biggie. Well, because a lot of people want to claim that everything that's going on is somebody else's fault or under somebody yeah. else's control. Mm-hmm. 
when we really start to own the fact that everything that is happening in our lives is a result of our choices, will you start to own your power as a leader? And the third, um, which will not be a big surprise, is conflict resolution. <laughs> Using conflict as a tool for growth. Mm-hmm. Because wherever two or more are gathered, right, there will be conflict. Mm-hmm. And so if you can communicate, if you can understand the power that you have to create and you know what is happening for you, and you can move through conflict in a way that actually actually levels up you know the conditions of those involved that's it that's all you have to do as a leader <laughs> i make it sound simple but we obviously you know it takes a, a long time to practice this but that's it three things um thank you sure and i think also when you just mentioned the you know the sexual abuse things um we we talked about this before if people are in their authentic self and they can really stand in their authentic they don't need to be reaching out and trying to grab for things they think are going to fulfill them uh, you know and especially sneaking because that means they're even less connected if somebody reaches out and actually makes, just asks somebody for a liaison, right? That's one thing. But when people are doing sneaky things, it means that they feel even less connected to who they are. So uh, it goes right back to your second one. Is that your second one, connecting to your authentic self? Well, that's the first step. Well, and I mean, what you're getting at is why this is so critically important is that we have a system that's based on the accumulation and the wielding of power. Mm-hmm. I mean, every system in society is based on that now. That's, that, that's the out-of-control masculine, mm-hmm. right? So, if, so what we've done is we have put people who have reached these positions of authority, not leadership, but positions of authority, are those who are willing to do whatever it takes to accumulate the power, so what happens then is, is you know, two things is, is that, one, you have people who are looking externally for validation of that power. So how do, you, how do you know that you have that power? Well, it's the amount of money you make, and it's the way you can control people. And, you know, ultimately, these are acts of, you know, control. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, saying that I can, you know, get something, and I mean, we can get into all the other pieces of why they tend to do it in that way or not, but it's a system out of control. Mm. And it's based that, 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 you know, there's been reward for them to, you know, hold the power. When, when you really are connected to yourself, you don't need that. Mm-mm. Because you are... You are. You are. You're powerful. You're connected. You have what you need. You don't need somebody else to be subjugated in order for you to feel better. Mm -hmm. But that's not the system that we have. No, it's not. So is there one tool that maybe um, just a listener could use today that might be really helpful for them? Well... I guess, and you know, and just to round out the model, which I think yes. is is easy, and it will answer that question. Is step five is is building effective teams, mm-hmm. and if I guess if I had to say that you know what's really missing in society right now, it's that understanding that the people with whom we live, interact, and work is how do we how do we build those effective groups in a way that you know things flow. Because when you ask most people what bothers them in their lives, it's their immediate you know, relationships or situations with, with loved ones and friends, but it's also coworkers or people that they're in a group with. It's those group dynamics 
that cause about 80% of the problems. Mm. So if we learn to understand how to do teams, I can talk more about that. And the, the other thing that frustrates people to no end is step six, which is um, achieving real-world results, which is most people don't identify, not, not a goal as an external thing, but this way of saying, I'd really like this to occur, to happen, or unfold, or whatever it is, and then to acknowledge that it's happened. You know, the quote about the things that are true in our lives today are what we wished for just, right? We don't acknowledge that. We just whip through everything. Or we're looking at everybody else going, well, yes, now I have this, but I still want that. Or, yes, I got the raise, but this person got a promotion. Oh, I want a promotion. So there's this constant sense of being dissatisfied. Yes, it's true. I mean, that is, is a culture, no matter what. There's always a slight dissatisfaction with almost everyone. Exactly. So when you say, well, what are the things that we can do? Well, it's just now walking it out into the world. We're not working well with others, that disconnection. Mm-hmm. And we're not, we're not seeing the, the pace and the satisfaction in the progress forward. So we're always beating ourselves up for what we don't have as opposed to kind of being aware of what we do have and, you know, more joyfully and eagerly moving through it. Mm-hmm. So and appreciate it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, listen, these are all things I work on, too. This isn't like, mm-hmm. you know, all the time I have to stop and think, wow, you know, I would have been really thrilled if I would have, you know, done this, you know, speaking engagement a year ago. Now I'm like, okay, I want two more. <laughs> do you, can I ask you, do you, do you, so have we been through all seven steps? Seven, step okay. seven is, your... is reflect and refocus. Okay. Which is mm-hmm. just That's an important one. Yeah. Well, and everybody kind of brushes past it. No, no, but no. again, you got to, what's worked, what hasn't? Am I in the right place? Am I doing, and then you start all over. And how do I feel about it? And is it authentic to me? And well, and then you go through it again yeah. in this yeah. new situation. How do I expand it? So, so is that in both books? Both books. Both books. Take okay. you through. Well, they're, they're exercises, 28 days okay. that take you through that in different That's ways. Great. What a great, what a great now, book. And I was going to ask, is this a human condition? Is what a human condition? That we're in the hamster wheel and just want more. Is it? Does that? Do you think it's a human thing rather than? It doesn't matter what country we come from. We're all doing the same thing. We've got so far off out of whack. Or have we always been out of whack? And this is the time of coming back into our authentic selves. Right. Um, this could be the. This could be the new frontier. Right. So what I would say is that I believe that being human is is that we always want to expand and grow. That there is the sense of expansion. That to me is different than more. Yes. And I and to me where a lot of these things are twisted where I think you're headed is that our current society and culture is very much based in scarcity. And so if things are scarce, then you have to to hoard in order to make sure you're going to have yours. And, well, I don't know, what if, you know, this isn't going to happen for three years, I need my stockpile behind me. I think what's changed in the human condition is not the, the desire for expansion. We've just lost faith in the fact that we can actually have our needs met. You know, it's so interesting because I worked a little bit with Aboriginal people in Australia in the desert. And one of the things uh, we know, they were nomads. Uh, they never really had, they never had settlements so much, and they would leave their tools for all the things they did in a, in the place, and they would just clean them and they would move on. 
so that there was always this movement and this sharing of all the things and working with them a little I think I noticed that, that there wasn't that there there wasn't a hamster wheel it was just they were here. They were, you know, looking for their food. They were sharing the food. It, I think tribally it's different. Really deep, you know, older tribally. Um, we had somebody there who only saw white people when she was thirteen, so she was still very connected to the earth and to their ways. And I think it's somehow something we have developed as a Western particular culture. What do you think? Right. Well, that's, I think that's that idea of scarcity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go back, there's some, you know, a lot of writing about when this happened at the Western condition, right? Where, you know, somebody, the Chalice and the Blade, talked about mm -hmm. that idea, Rand Eisler. Um, um, the idea that at some point, you know, the hunters stopped sharing the hunt, right? That at one point, the hunters would go off and share the hunt, and everybody would and everything was would was contribute. Well, but that has to be. You have to root into the fact that there's enough for everyone, and our Western culture has been built on there isn't enough for everyone, and that there are winners and losers. And what we're seeing now is is that we have the impact of of actually being aware of the losers and how many more people are falling into that category and what that means for all of us. This is so fantastic. We're going to take a break now. Thank you, Kathleen. It's just been just an amazing interview, helping us to look at our authentic self, seeing how the steps we could use to find that, and uh, so many other incredibly helpful things. Kathleen has two wonderful books. One is Choose to Lead, a 28-day day guide to awakening the leader within, and it's in 28 lessons. So that you might want to pick up and also living the leadership a guide to changing your life and the world this has been a, a wonderful interview we so appreciate it kathleen this is earth tribe radio www.earthtriberadio.com